The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. Good morning. Welcome to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt. We're here live today, if you're catching us, on a weekday morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 Eastern Time. If you're not catching us live, just know that you can. Just We are we run the program live on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, and our phone app. So if you have a smartphone or a smart TV, you can get the app for that. And make sure that you can always catch us live. And if you're catching us live... We hope that you'll call in today. Our phone lines are open. If you have a question about the markets, the economy, the economic news, or my favorite thing to talk about, which is stewardship, because that's the most important thing, we'd also like to hear testimonies if you've ever been to a financial issues retreat. We have those every other year, and we're having one this April, so we hope to see you there. You can get more information about that on our website, financialissues.org, and you're going to want to reserve your room because space is limited, so check out the information there. You can find the, the agenda and everything else. Tony Perkins will be our keynote speaker, and I'll be speaking as well. It's an old-fashioned retreat, a time to retreat and connect with the body of Christ. So hope to get to meet you there. Also want to remind you about our campaign, our giving campaign. We are trying to help uh, Preborn raise $70,000 with a generous $70,000 match from a member of the Financial Issues family. So as of end of the day, Tuesday, we were just at about $31,000. So we're less than halfway to the goal and we've only got till the end of the month. So make sure that you give from the link on our page if you want to make sure that you get that match. Now, if you're sending a contribution from your IRA account, as maybe you do your giving from your IRA account, like we recommend so many times, then make sure to let us know so that we can make sure that it qualifies for the match. Or if you're giving appreciated stock, which is another great way to do it. So if you're a partner, our latest partner conference call from this week is posted up on the website. And there's a little bit of commentary from earlier in the week that you'll want to check out. This week has been a little bit of a slow week for economic data with the market being closed on Monday, but the markets had a more active week. We saw one of the worst days since December on Tuesday. Now, the biggest economic news of the week came out with personal income and spending and PCE and GDP fourth quarter second look revisions, which we'll get to in just a second. So the markets were closed on Monday, but they dropped like a rock on Tuesday from earnings reports as we're at the tail end of earnings season. Walmart and Home Depot um, indicated there are concerns about consumers and their spending habits. So the market reacted to those things. Now, our economy depends on a strong consumer. A strong consumer comes from a consumer who has a reliable source of income, which the unemployment numbers seem to indicate that that is the case. 
that and that their income increases at least as much or more than the cost of the things that they are buying, which is a little bit in question right now. So the second look at fourth quarter GDP, which is the growth of our economy, and PCE, which is the uh, an inflation uh, number indication, GDP was revised downward. That's um, bad news that's good news as far as the Fed goes. The, the Fed is trying to dampen demand, which results in a slowing economy. So the, U, the U.S. economy only expanded at an annualized rate of 2.7% quarter over quarter, which is um, below the 2.9% that we saw in the first look. Last year, we had two negative quarters of GDP growth in the first two quarters of the year at negative 1.6 and negative 0.6, then followed by two positive quarters at 3.2 and 2.7. First quarter this year, well, we'll see what that is. We're we're not even um, two-thirds of the way into it yet. But the updated estimates primarily reflected a downward revision to consumer spending, which is concerning. Um, Consumer spending was up only 1.4% versus the 2.1%, which was the first number that was reported and the number that the Fed had when they made their last interest rate decision. So headline PCE, which is a measure of inflation, was revised to 3.9, more than what was reported at the first look of 3.5, but it is down from 9% since last June. So that's the headline inflation number. Now, core PCE, which is the number that the Fed looks closer at, came in at 4.3% after it was revised upward from 3.9. So upward revisions to inflation, not a good thing right now as we're trying to get inflation under control. The good news is is that it's down from 6% from June of last year, but again, more ammunition for the Fed to continue their higher for longer um, attitude towards rates. The unemployment data came out and it came in lower than expectations and lower than last week, indicating that there is fairly strong um, momentum in the labor markets, which the Fed is cited as a reason for their increasing their, their their justification for increasing rates is that it's not really affecting employment right now. But we have a good bit more data that's going to come out before the next rate decision on at their next meeting on March 22nd. The 2-year Treasury sits at 4.7% and the 10-year at almost 4%. This is a inverted yield curve and inverted yield curve typically will predict, some say, that recession is coming. That's still up for debate. But um, in a normal um, interest rate curve, you see shorter rates lower than higher rates because um, the return that you get should always reflect the risk that you're taking. And there's more risk in a longer term bond than a shorter term bond. So, um, This means that there's a lot of good CD rates out there, much, much better than what we've seen for an extended period of time. I know that I've seen some some one to two year CDs at 5%. So if you're a CD buyer, you can can, um, 
you're probably much happier than you have been in a while. But if you'd like to get an even better rate than the 4% that you could get on a 10-year treasury, check out the AFA charitable gift annuity. So the American Family Association has a foundation that does great kingdom work. That kingdom work is funded by people who will commit to making a gift into their work. In exchange for that gift, you get a lifetime income for you and your spouse, if you have one, at a really good rate. You also get a tax deduction based on the present value of the future gift that the foundation will get the use of after they fulfilled their income obligation to you. Now, you can find out more information or what that income and tax deduction would look like if you go to our website, financialissues.org, find the AFA banner, AFA gift annuity banner, and click over there. There's some really nice people over there that can answer all of your questions about the particulars of what a charitable gift annuity might look like for you. It's a great way to accomplish your giving desires. So we hope that you'll check that out. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with more financial issues. It's important to be prepared for the future. So we invest now to be responsible and ensure our financial future. But what many of us don't know is that how we invest just might be dishonoring to our Lord and Savior. There are companies that you could be investing in that support pornography, gambling, abortion, human trafficking, and other things that God detests. Invest with integrity. Invest biblically with the Timothy Plan. American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you, and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Did you know that an average 1.2 million babies are aborted each year? Listen, we have an opportunity at Financial Issues to change that, and we're doing it. Tens of thousands of lives have been saved because of Financial Issues listeners just like you. For $140, you could save the lives of five babies. All $140 goes to the Pregnancy Center to sponsor ultrasounds. 80% of the time, these ultrasounds will change the mind of a young lady that is considering abortion to choose life. Would you join us in the fight against the atrocity of abortion? I hope that you'll go to preborn.org or call pound 250 The keyword is baby when you're asked. 
preborn.org. That's preborn.org. FISM News is a conservative news source with a biblical worldview. With us, you get just the news grounded in truth. And now, with the new FISM TV app, it's even easier to take FISM News with you wherever you go, so you're never behind on what's happening. Not only are FISM News articles updated regularly throughout the day, but you can now easily access and read them right from your smartphone. And with just a few taps, you can share stories with friends through messages, email, or social media. Also, you can conveniently watch or listen to The Daily Show on demand and even go back to see recent broadcasts. Coming soon, you'll be able to download the podcast version of the news for offline use. So go ahead and visit your app store, download the new FISM TV app, and start exploring this engaging, educational, Christ-centered content today. Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome back to Financial Issues. We are here today answering all your questions about the market, the economy, our strategy here at the ministry. What we do is help you be a good steward in your investment life and um, through the show, through advice about giving and honoring God in your finances. So we're all about stewardship here. We have a twofold purpose. One is to defund darkness by not allowing companies to use the money that God trusted us with to promote an unholy agenda. We do that through biblically responsible investing. You can check out our strategy at financialissues.org. There are lots of videos that that tell you some general information, but to really get a peek at the strategy, you have to become a partner. It's not a, a an expensive thing to do. It's only $85 a year right now. Um, 124 if you want to get our portfolio tracker, which is a tool that can help you implement the strategy that we put forth. It makes it really easy for you. There's lots of videos on the website about how to get started. We have partner conference calls once a month, which we just had earlier this week, and that partner conference call is posted on the partner side of the website right now if you want to check that out. Well, let's get to a caller. We've got Dave calling from Michigan. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jenna. Thank you for taking my call. I have uh, actually two questions. While I was on hold, I thought of another one that I really wanted. But my first question was, if I could, um, about diversification in fixed income. I'm 69, and I am not taking my income yet, but I'm setting up my income portfolio to start taking it. Um and I was worried or wondering about uh, diversification in the fixed income sector, which uh, I got the income portfolio, and there, there's a bigger percent of that. And I have very little of my portfolio, in, my money in that. Um, so I was wondering if I, I got to worry of, if I should just put it in different segments or, or what I really would thinking about was the inflation uh, 
protected uh, fund for the, I think that's under fixed income. But mm-hmm. um, can I put it all in there, or do I got to diversify it into different? Fixed I would in- diversify it. I would diversify it because, you know, even with fixed income, you have short-term intermediate term and longer term fixed income and those those different uh, pieces of fixed income will move uh, differently based on what's happening in the fixed income and equity markets. So you want to make sure that you have diversification there. I uh, hope you're going to tune in to the partner conference call. Um, we've been working on this piece of the portfolio for quite a while and I'm going to try to offer some more clarity in and around how you can do that. Okay, great. And my other question was, um, I have my portfolio divided into um, traditional IRA, uh, Roth IRA, and a regular uh, brokerage, uh, probably about thirds. What I want to do is get out of my traditional over time by transferring out of that, paying the taxes and put it in in the Roth or the brokerage. but it's mostly cash right now. So if I put that in a fixed income vehicle, can I transfer in kind when I want to get that out? Uh, you should or be able should to I do that. Leave it in? I should be able to do that. Yes, you should be able to do that, and that's that's a good strategy because that's going to start. You know, that's going to generate some income. It's a slower growing part of your portfolio. Here's something else that I want you to consider. So you're about to have a significant birthday when you turn seventy and a half. You're going to qualify to be able to do what's called a qualified charitable distribution. So the portion of your IRA, and and I would caution you against maybe moving everything out there because when you turn 70 and a half you can start doing all of your giving from your IRA and you can get that money out at zero so the way that you win in a qualified account is to pay to get it out paying the least amount of taxes so I applaud your strategy for you know diversifying your types of accounts but what you want to think about number one is how much giving do I have left to do during my lifetime We don't know how much life we have left. We don't know. But you can kind of base that on your current giving. So anything that you plan to give during the rest of your life, leave it in there because you're going to be able to get it out at 0%. The other thing that you want to consider is your estate plan. Is there any part of of what I would leave behind that I want to leave to kingdom work? So, so many times in just regular estate planning, people don't think about this. Um, It's just, it's not, it's not brought to our attention most of the time. I talk to a lot of people who are very generous givers and really believe in the principles of giving. And then when I ask them, well, you know, which part of your estate are you going to leave to kingdom work? I just get this blank look like, I've never even thought about that. I just, you know, thought that I was supposed to pass on my assets to to my people, whoever survived me. But there's so many assets in our in our portfolio that have, um, even if we tithe faithfully on our increase, there's so many parts of our assets that we've never used, so we've never tithed on them. For example, the appreciation in your your home. Um, the appreciation in your 401k account or your investment account because you know you don't you don't normally tithe on something that you don't receive as uh, increase and so there's a piece of the portfolio that I think you know and I think a good strategy is to base your 
death giving or your final time, your final giving um, on your current giving, because, you know, giving should come from the heart. It shouldn't be something that we're, you know, religious about or are forced to do because, you know, that doesn't really, that's not what pleases the Lord. What pleases the Lord is that we want to honor him. And so, you know, pray about it and say, Lord, you know, what percentage of my, of my liquid net worth should I leave to ministry? And if he gives you an amount or a percentage and that's what's in your for, uh, your IRA now, maybe you're at a point where you don't really need to move a whole lot more out because, you know, that is the an IRA is the worst asset that a person can inherit because it comes with an embedded tax bill at whatever tax bracket they're in. It also is the is uh, the best asset that you can use to disinherit Uncle Sam from your estate. So you could do all of the rest of your life giving plus your death giving with what's there. Okay. Okay. That uh, really helps a lot. I'll okay. uh, move move what I got to move and, and uh, pray about the rest. Sounds great. Well, thanks for calling, Dave. We appreciate uh, your partnership. Let's get to Robert. Robert's calling from Texas. Hi, Robert. Hey, good morning, Shanna. How are you? Good morning. Better than I deserve. Oh, fantastic. Um, I'm just calling to encourage people to go to the retreat. Um, the retreats are fantastic. <laughs> and I know, you, I know you've been to at least two of them. I remember you there at the last two. I don't, and uh, really looking forward to this next one and talking with you again. Um, I have to confess, though, um, <laughs> when I heard you ask for the promotion to the retreat, I had a check in my spirit. The, the Lord put a check in my spirit, and, and it wasn't uh, a bad thing. It was a great thing, because um, I was thinking, well, why are we going to the retreat? Well, they're great, yeah, but really the reason is um, we're going to worship the Lord we're going to go to the retreat this time, and the check in my spirit was, what are we going to do for the retreat, not what the retreat's going to do for us? Mm. Um, you know from being there how fantastic the worship is and the learning in the Lord and, and all of that, but um, really, we need to go to fellowship with like-minded believers. Our number one goal is going to be to worship the Lord, and obviously at this one, um, we definitely you know, want to raise uh, Dan up in memory. We want to raise uh, Yvonne and the family up. Um, and uh, I just can't wait to hear, um, you know, what Tony has to say and what you have to say. But our real purpose is to fellowship with like-minded believers, break some bread, share stories, and uh, just have a great time. This venue uh, is fantastic, too. Um, it was our first time there last year, and uh, that's a really nice, nice place, and the rooms are nice. The food was good. And so we just look forward to all the fellowship and all the worship um, and the time that we're going to have together. Well, thanks for that testimony, Robert. And, you know, I couldn't have said it better myself. It is, the Cove is really an anointed place. I know, I know Yvonne will appreciate that. She's actually there listening in the studio this morning. So I know that she, she appreciates, you know, all of the support and encouragement from the partners. And, um, you know, we've been really 
excited about going there. There's going to be more of the financial issues staff there. So the partners, you know, the people that come will get to really get up close and personal with um, a lot of the people that that work behind the scenes so diligently. And so we're really excited for it. It is, you know, relationship is the most important thing. You know, we can, we can sit here all day and talk about, you know, what's happening in the markets and the economy and, you know, how to handle our portfolios. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to have any of that in eternity. We're going to have relationships. So it's a good thing to get to disconnect um, and, from a lot of the responsibilities, the day-to-day responsibilities that we have, and really connect with the body of Christ. So thanks for sharing that. Oh, you bet. I think my <laughs> best memory of that was hearing Dan sing Frank Sinatra. That was yes. <laughs> well, I, I hope you do. I think the one thing I'm going to miss is uh, the interaction between Dan and Marty. That was always kind of humorous. <laughs> so we'll have to figure out how to give Marty a hard time in, <laughs> in the absence of Dan. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. But um, I hope you don't have any expectations for any any vocal entertainment from me because it's not going to happen. <laughs> that, that's right, not a gift that I have. So. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for have calling. We appreciate day. that. Bye. All right. Good stuff. So, folks, I hope that you'll go there to the website and check that out and that encouragement and. Um, Come and, and meet me and the, the a lot of the other staff. Yvonne's going to be there. Um, some some of our friends from Timothy Plan are going to be there. Um, it's going to be a great time in the Lord, so we hope to see you there. Well, I hear the music, so that means we're taking a break, and then we'll come back with the home stretch of financial issues. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All throughout the red light district in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India, at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit IndiaPartners.org to see how your your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these 5 million children. If you like what you're hearing right now, you're going to love going to the website FISM.TV. Keep listening to this show right here and right now, but later when you're done, go visit our website. It's FISM.TV to learn more about this show and plenty more. Securities offered through G.A. Reppel & Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only, and do not necessarily represent those of G.A. Reppel or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it, and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. 
Welcome back to Financial Issues. Hopefully you're enjoying some time off and getting to listen to Financial Issues. Well, let's get right to phone calls. We have William calling from Kentucky. Hi, William. Hello, Shanna. Uh, been a member since uh, 2020. I joined by the time of the COVID crash and uh, had some questions on uh, reinvesting um, additional, buying more stocks of a company that's not on a buy list. Uh, is it okay to do that or do I need to wait until it comes back onto the buy list? I'm well balanced in everything right now. Yeah, I would say as long as there's not been a sell order issued for it, which you could check the the alert side of the the alert tab in the partner website just to make sure of that. Um, and you're not overweighted in it. So meaning that you don't have more than, you know, 3% of your entire portfolio there. If it's down a little bit, it's still a good solid company to invest in. Then, And you have plenty of positions because you don't want to get um, over diluted in your in your portfolio, you don't want to end up with a hundred stocks or you know something like that. So it's if you stick to that one to three percent allocation per individual stock position, then um, and and you don't really want to add any more. Then I think it would be fine to do that. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate your uh, service and and uh, coming in with passing of Dan. We miss miss hearing him, but we're glad that you stepped into that role, Shanna. All right. Thanks, William. I appreciate that encouragement. All right, Seth, I know we've got some website questions to get to, maybe a little on social. Yeah, we do, Shanna. Let's start with one that just came in on YouTube. Tomas is saying, good morning, beautiful people. Tomas, appreciate the encouragement, but I know you're just talking about Shanna there. So (laughs) thank you for that. Appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, We also have uh, Stephen here is saying, uh, recently I received some precious metals for an inheritance. What is the practical thing to do and what does the scripture advise? Interesting question. Well, I don't. I don't think the scripture speaks specifically um, to that. Now, the scripture speaks a lot to stewardship and you know how we should handle what we're given. I think that the first thing that you should do is to is to consider what the scripture does say about increase. And the scripture says that whenever we sh- whenever we receive an increase, we should give the first fruits to the Lord. So I would consider doing that first and foremost. That is a way to redeem mammon. So, you know, money and mammon is part of the world system. I believe that money is just neutral. Um, Assets are are just neutral. Um, You know, it takes money or currency to put food in our bellies, gas in our car, roof over our heads. So it can't be totally bad, you know, and God does use that. That's the the system that we're in. But I believe that... uh, you know, the scripture also says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So we have to make sure that we love the Lord, the giver, more than we love the gift. So that was that would be the very first thing that I would consider doing. Um, and then I think it's okay to have precious metals as part of a diversified portfolio. But I would limit the exposure to no more than 5% of your overall portfolio. Now, it is not in our asset allocation models, but if it is something that you like and believe in, then I believe it would be okay to hold it. Um, Beyond that, if you need to liquidate some of it to diversify, you want to take some time and find out the most um, economically feasible way to 
get rid of it. So there are uh, not a lot of regulations in the the metals um, industry. So you know you could cr- come across somebody who could charge you a pretty hefty commission to do that. So um, I would steer clear of those kinds of places. But um, once you're able to um, you know, liquidate some of that if that's what you need to do, then I would consider becoming a partner and building a biblically responsible portfolio, considering what your goals are. Now, if you need to spend that money anytime in the next five years, I would not consider investing the money in anything that is going to have volatility. So if that's the case, you should just really stick to money market, maybe some shorter term CDs. You can get some really good rates right now. But if it is long term money, then you could check out our um, asset allocation model and that would give you some some things to consider. Awesome, Shanna. Good stuff. Next one is Eileen on Facebook. She's saying, hi, Shanna. Would you speak on being biblically responsible with debt? Should I pay off 2.5% mortgage, no other debt with money in the money market, uh, or should I invest it? I'm 60, I'm working, and I'm on a good track for retirement in three to five years. Shanna, she does not say how much the mortgage is right now. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to speak to so, that. So <clears throat> a 2.5% mortgage is a really good rate, and it's Um, One that I would venture to say you probably won't ever see again in your lifetime. So money always has to have a home. It has to be somewhere. So you're always kind of making an investment decision. And a lot of times people think if they pay cash for something or pay off a loan that they're... um, that they're not financing it. But the truth is, you're really financing just about everything, either with your own money or with other people's money. So if the mortgage is not a burden to you, especially if you have a good strategy to get that mortgage paid off with income during the next three to five years before you retire, then I wouldn't consider doing that. So um, what you have to consider is the trade-off. So if you if you pay off a mortgage that's costing you two and a half percent and you could have put that money somewhere else that's paying uh, a better return, let's just say you invest in a solid long long term strategy that could you know potentially average six or seven percent well you're you're giving up three and a half four and a half percent or more potentially now it could go the other way. Um, in order to to put that money there. So you're either investing it in the home. So if you pay off the mortgage, now you've invested in your property to get that money back out, you have to do one of two or three things. You have to either sell the property, um, which means that you now have to find somewhere else to live, or you have to ask an institution if you can borrow that money back. So um, then they'll make a decision on your credit worthiness at that point. So you lose a little bit of access to your funds if you do that. Shanna, uh, Eileen did just comment on Facebook, said it's about eight, uh, $80,000. So I don't okay. know if that changes your answer at all, or if it's essentially the same, just that's the, the numeric value. I, I mean, there's a lot of other factors that weigh into that question as well. It's not just a a question of whether you should pay off your mortgage or not. I mean, what kind of assets do you have saved for retirement? If you, you know, if you're going to pay off the mortgage in the next three to five years with current income, then I wouldn't do it, especially if you don't have a lot of assets put back for retirement. If you have plenty of assets that are put back for retirement to give you an income, 
you may not need to do it either, but uh, you know, if if you if it's really going to depend on whether or not you can stay in your home when you retire because you're not going to have enough income coming in to pay your mortgage plus everything else, then you may lean towards it. But I would be very hesitant just from a numbers perspective to pay off a two and a half percent mortgage. Very nice, Shanna. Gene on Facebook saying good morning. And then Eddie on the website is saying good morning as well. Great to see both of you brothers. We've got Dudley here back on Ask Shanna saying we have some info that was sent to us by a gold hawker telling of FDR's calling in all gold bouillon. They seem to be saying that investment in uh, numismatic gold would be a safe bet to protect some assets. My question is, what could make this any safer as those people we have elected to make good decisions have probably bankrupted us and the treasurer could call in the the numismatic just as easily? What's your opinion on this, Shannon? He's 76 years old. Pretty common sense, sounds like to me. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like a little bit of a contradiction to say it's a safe bet to protect assets. So gold, whether it's newsmatic or just regular bullion, is a speculative investment. It's no less speculative than investing in stocks. So I wouldn't be lulled into a false sense of security to think that just because you buy gold or metals that you're not going to experience any volatility because there is still the possibility that the bullion or the numismatic coins or whatever will lose value. They can go up and they can go down in value. So um, I wouldn't be lulled into a false sense of security that that's safer than investing in equities or, or even bonds. It's, I would, I would venture to say that it's the same, same amount of risk to do so. You know, Shanna, we probably say from a spiritual sense, it's much safer to invest in the gold kingdom that's coming. In other words, spiritually invest in the kingdom of God, be about your father's business rather than focusing so much on gold here. That's right. We're going to have gold at some point. You know, I think that's why Christians are so drawn to it It because it makes reference in the Bible that the streets are made of gold and so on and so forth. So that increases our uh, affinity towards it. But um, interestingly enough, you know, Dan always used to say that there were it was ridiculous the amount of money that that gold companies were willing to throw at this ministry if he would just endorse their program. And he never would. In fact, he went so far as to call the the gold and the metal salesmen predators because they a lot of times they do prey on that and they know that Christians have that affinity so they they really want access to the Christian community. So We're going to take a short break here at Financial Issues, so don't go anywhere. We're going to come back after this break for more Financial Issues. I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And And to show her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and and to to take take care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of of God. God. I pray that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily, and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. 
Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of his people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity, this idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank? Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account. Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union. Your money, building God's kingdom. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program. Welcome back to Financial Issues, where we help you with your stewardship every day. We help you be a biblically responsible investor by putting forward a strategy that you can follow along with on your own. If you become a partner, you can find information on that at financialissues.org. We also encourage you and all to be obedient to what the scripture says, to be joyful and faithful and obedient in your giving. So we hope that you will take that to heart as well. Um, This ministry is more than just financial issues, though. We do have a news program that comes on every weekday night at 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock Eastern. You can catch that on um, the social media outlets and the the phone app as well. So make sure that you tune in to hear what's happening in the rest of the world outside of financial issues. We also uh, have another very important part of this ministry, which is our weekly Bible study that is led by Seth. So if you want information on that, just go to our website. You do not have to be a partner to join in. Just click on the resources tab and you will see a dial in phone number and access code that you can tune in and just listen. We hope that you'll do more than listen. We hope that you'll take notes and really apply the word of God that is being taught. But 
It doesn't require any active participation. You don't have to speak or anything like that. So it's a great non-threatening way to hear the word of the Lord. And, you know, maybe if you're maybe if you want to do something for Lent to show your devotion to God, then get up early on a Friday morning and join the Bible study. <laughs> so um We've got some other stuff on social that we want to get to. Sure do, Shannon. Thank you for that shout-out, by the way, for the Bible study. Uh, Wesley on Facebook is wondering about the 4% rule. Do I only take 4% of my dividend income and put the rest back into the market? I'm 34, earning at most 45000 a month. Uh, my energy sector is bloated. Should I sell some energy stock, or can I buy more into the other energy sectors? I buy more stock in mutual funds about once a month. What do you think, Shannon? At 34, uh, with with a regular income, I wouldn't think that you would need to take any income out of your portfolio. Um, so you don't necessarily have to have your stock dividends reinvested back into the same company. You could have them pay into your money market account, and then you could just redeploy that money in the areas that you see fit. If you're using the portfolio tracker, that makes it really easy. If you're a partner, you know what I'm talking about. You can go into this tool and put all of your holdings there. It gives you a really neat output. Uh, You click the button and it's going to show you a bar chart. It's going to show you where what your target range is for every sector, and it'll show you where you are. So he's probably looking at that when he says that his energy sector is bloated, and that makes perfect sense because the energy sector was up, was one of only two sectors that was positive last year and was up about 60%. So at age 34, I don't think that you necessarily need to trim any positions. It sounds to me in this question like you're contributing new money every month. So I would just focus that new money on uh, the sectors that you really need to to bring up. Very good, Shannon. Nice. Next one here is great encouragement here from Eddie in Tennessee. Shannon and Seth, I want you both to know this show is one of the highlights of my day. (laughs) I hope that more folks will join as partners. Please continue your hard work and dedication because your partners need you. God bless this ministry. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. That's good encouragement. Awesome. You know, it's a good reminder, Shanna, too. Of, we talk about all the time how steady faithfulness is what the Lord calls us to, you know, not mm-hmm. trying to be anything more than we are. So that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Uh, Eileen is saying good morning. And then Brian and Kara are watching from Rock Island, Illinois, and they're saying, I watched the markets for a long time, and everything I think the, the uh, economy just can't take anymore. It continues on. What would be an indicator of a crash? <laughs> what do you think, Shanna? <laughs> <laughs> well, if the Lord reveals that to me, I'll pass it along to the partners. <laughs> um, you know, we watch the indicators in the economy. We look at the health of the economy. And, you know, for now, I mean... The scripture tells us what's going to happen in the end times. Things are going to get really bad. You know, we have to just be really careful not to fall into idolatry. So idolatry means that you trust anything else for your well-being more than you trust the Lord. So I would just say, you know, listen to the Lord. I don't know that we'll be given a warning. You know, there's there's certain things even in the scripture that says things will just come on you suddenly. You know, will we have warning? Will we not? I mean, we've had a lot of spiritual warning for a very long time. You know, there's still a uh, conference call that Dan did about the Great Reset that's up on the website for partners. If you've never listened to that, I would encourage you just to go listen to it. It gives you 
um, it really brings together the um, what's happening in the world by people who are not believers. You know, the enemy has a little bit of knowledge about some things that are going to happen in the end times, too. And he doesn't mind imparting that to people who are following him. But he doesn't do it for their good. He does it for fear. He does it for so that they'll be motivated to do certain things. Like if you believe that um, that we're going to have worldwide famine and you don't trust God, then you're going to try to do things to prevent worldwide famine and food shortages, like figuring out how to make meat in, in your own lab. Uh, promoting an abortion, uh, an agenda of abortion for population control. You're going to do a lot of things that are really evil that the enemy loves to see if you don't trust in God. But we know that it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. So I think we just have to work with the information that we have at hand. We have to make the best decision that we can with what we know. And we don't have to, we don't need to be wringing our hands about what we don't know or missing, you know, the, um, you know, beating ourselves up if we, if our portfolios temporarily go down or, um, you know, whatever might happen. So, the Lord reveals it to me. I'll pass it along to the partners. But <laughs> you know, I, I just think that there's some things that we that we don't get to know because if we got to know everything, we wouldn't need faith. It's good stuff, Shannon. Yeah, it reminds me of Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine. The secret things belong to the Lord. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. I would say, you know, we probably have more indicators of the signs of the times and the end times coming than we would having a crash. We're seeing earthquakes and rumors of wars, and that means we got to get our hearts right with the Lord. That's right. Yep. We've got to be focused on the things that matter. That's right. Over to Ask Shanna here. We have time here to end the show. John is saying, does owning shares in a REIT like FR20 have any special tax considerations or requirements like owning a limited partnership like E40? I'm considering FR20 as a long-term investment for my four- and five-year-old's college fund. I'm 39 years old. What do you think, Shanna? Um, no special tax considerations. Uh, if, you, if you earn dividends or... Um, in the REITs, they're in a non in a non qualified account. You're getting it a 1099 for the earnings. Um, as far as being young and using it for something that has a time horizon of ten or more years, I would use something a little bit more diversified and growth oriented. So I would look at those. Those young models, maybe maybe not necessarily the youngest model, but maybe the thirty-five to forty-five model, uh, and and choose something that's a little bit more growth oriented. The ETFs that we have, if you're if you like equity investing, the ETFs that we have on the list um, from the Timothy plan are a great foundational piece for a portfolio that you might be adding to. So. Owning those ETFs, you're going to own anywhere from 100 to 300 individual companies. Um, it's going to be passively managed, so it's going to be rebalanced according to some some criteria twice a year, and um, it's not going to be concentrated in one sector. So the the real estate sector has been 
under some stress because of rising interest rates. So um, I would look for something more growth oriented. Awesome, Shanna. This next one is from Lewis, and he's asking about a specific fund from Fidelity. He's wondering if it's a good fund to invest in. Right now, he's investing uh, in a BlackRock fund, and he wants to get out because he knows it's not biblically responsible. Uh, what do you think? He's 64 years old. It's only a small portion of his, per- of his uh, portfolio. Well, Lewis, I'm so glad to hear that your heart is convicted for biblically responsible investing because you want to honor the Lord. But if you go from the one that you're in to the one that you mentioned, you'll be jumping from the frying pan into the fire. So I would encourage you to, if you're not a partner, become a partner and you'll be able to look at our buy list our sell list, our asset allocation models, and you'll get a good idea of what options are out there to be biblically responsible. So the problem with most mutual funds is that they're just not screened um, because it's not a priority for them to make sure that they're um, not supporting an unholy agenda. So they're just looking for the things that the world looks for, you know, successful companies that'll do good over the long term. Biblically responsible investing starts with that same base, but it refuses to invest God's money in anything that is promoting an unholy agenda. So check out the Timothy plan. Um, If you're looking for some mutual funds, you can find information about them on our website. Um, That'll take you directly over to the Timothy and it'll give you information on how you can be biblically responsible. And that's what we're here to do every day is to help encourage you to help you be a good steward because God owns everything. The things that we have don't really belong to us. We're taking care of them until and we're using them to take care of ourselves until the Lord comes back. And that day is coming closer and closer. Time is getting short. He's coming back. There's going to be a test. We want to help you be found good and faithful stewards with everything that you have. So we hope you have a great weekend and a great day of worship on Sunday. We'll see you back, Lord willing, on Monday for more financial issues. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.